Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is a podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, and today we are covering Merilith and Garistro. One, two, Yeah. Hey, Brian. Hey, hey, Will. You want to tell me what year it is, Brian? 1995, remember? <laughs> no, it's not 1995. <laughs> tell me what year it is. It's the year of my fiends. Indeed. My friends. <laughs> A year in which we furiously and ferociously focus on fiends far and wide, and in our fascination, we find and figure that these fiends indeed are not friendly or fantastic, but foul and flagitious. Wow. I, I love that opener. <laughs> far, far and wide. <laughs> Far below, feel the flow. I'm doing it. Absolutely. And today we are covering two particularly powerful and notable of demon kind, the Serpentine Queens, known as Merilis, and the Taurian powerhouses, known as Garistros. Neither of these fiends are unique entities, but both power are powerful enough and intelligent enough, well, one of them's intelligent enough, to easily be the BBEGs of a campaign. Hmm. But let's get into it, starting with... The Merilith. Scary. So these are the foots. These are still foot soldiers, but they're, they're no, they're they're level. they're the commanders. They're oh. like they're the generals and well, okay. The Merilith are like generals and lieutenants and and, and captain commanders, if you will. Garishros are their own thing. We're gonna get into them when we get to them. Okay. Because uh, they're they're very odd, but I kind of like them a lot. Okay. Um, wielding a wicked blade in each of its six hands, a Merilith is a devastating foe that few can match in battle. These demons possess keen minds and a finely honed sense of tactics, and they're able to lead and unite other demons in common causes. Terrible to behold, a Merilith has the lower body of a great serpent and the upper torso of a humanoid female with six arms. Each sword they carry is highly decorated, and they adorn themselves with golden bangles and precious jewelry. Meriliths average 20 feet. Or 6.1 meters. <laughs> in length from head to tail tip, and two tons. Or 1,800 kilograms. In weight. <laughs> Merilis, I'm never gonna not laugh. Should every I have time said one thousand eight hundred? No, no, you know, no, you're good. Okay. You're good. Good job. <laughs> Merilis are known for their great militant cunning and for their ability to utilize cold logic. They serve as the brilliant tacticians of abyssal hordes, advisors to demonic nobility, and in some cases are serpentine demon queens in their own right. They are often encountered as captains at the head of a demonic horde, where they embrace any opportunity to rush headlong into battle. I didn't know there were certain like typed logics, like there were. Uh, damage types 
So you can do like <laughs> you could do cold logic, you do radiant logic, flaming logic, psychic you know, logic, psychic logic. That's a, that's a definitely the best logic. <laughs> psychic logic. <laughs> Marilis have domineering and wicked personalities, eager to bring pain and betrayal to others. I don't like. How do you wake up in the morning like? I can't wait to bring pain and betrayal to others. Like, uh, who am damn. I gonna betray today? <laughs> I, when one foot hits the ground, I take a deep breath, and when my second foot hits the ground, I guess it's just one foot for this chick. When my <laughs> tail hits the ground in the morning, I think of betrayal. I take a deep breath, I exhale, I say betrayal. Absolutely. But their malice is accompanied by both shrewdness and cunning. They are highly intelligent beings with an innate sense for strategy. Their brilliance thriving in matters of army level tactics, wow. like. They're just, they're very smart. They're just very, very smart. Somebody has mm. to be competent down there. <laughs> exactly. The and this lines. is like one of the first truly competent uh, demon commanders that we've been talking about. That's uh, the gas station t-shirt you can buy in the Forgotten Realms. It has a picture of a Marilith on it and it says truly competent. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Uh, they also have the rare ability to unite and coordinate the actions of other demons. This is practically an impossible task due to their chaotic nature. Um, to add to this, they have another uncanny ability. Most demons struggle on the battlefield of battle in the Blood War due to their inherently chaotic minds and natures. They have difficulty understanding order and law by nature, and so fail to comprehend the organized tactics and movements of their foes, the devils. <clears throat> but whether through disciplinary mastery or suppression of their natural instincts, Meriliths can predict the actions of law despite not truly understanding them in order to outwit the devil kind. That's crazy. It's very strange, but it's, it's pretty cool. It's, they're all just <clears throat> the, de the demonic uh, version of Ian Malcolm's daughter, Kelly Curtis Malcolm. They understand chaos theory. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely right. In the eyes of most Meriliths. <laughs> Nice pull. Subtle temptation is but a silly game and waste of time compared to true warfare planning. They are fiercely proud of their martial skills and tactical superiority and often keep the weapons of their more worthy defeated foes as trophies. These weapon trophies are among their most cherished possessions, and if stolen, they are known to take extreme measures to retrieve them. What do all D&D &D monsters or most D&D monsters of note and player characters have in common they like to loot taking trophies yeah. from their their down yep. enemies they like to loot the booty skulls they that's like true. to loot the booty yeah that's what i said they like to loot the booty yes will it's <laughs> the kind of primo content i'm looking at out for from you moving on uh Marilis are always eager to join melee combat if given the chance so they can loot your booty. <laughs> they always carefully size up a given situation first and plot to use any terrain and vulnerabilities to their advantage. They can, swift, they can swiftly strike with each weapon in their six hands. Their tails are capable of moving like a whip and constricting their foes. Um, was, oh, man, I was so close to saying a fun fact about SuperQuest Saga, but it's spoilers, so I can't. Don't. Moving on. Don't. <laughs> Check out SuperQuest Saga, a really good actual play campaign that, that we, we do. do. Yeah. Uh, Marilis spellcasters do exist and are truly terrifying beings. Instead of specializing in any one given school of magic, they become the masters of many. And furthermore, they have the rare power to cast spells with two of their arms while still fighting with the other. That's broken. Are you serious? <laughs> yes, I'm serious. That is so cool. There are even rumors that some Marilis can cast more than one spell at once. Uh, we do not have the spell casting Marilis variant in 5e, but I wish we did. I wish we did too. Yeah, and we trying to describe that as a dungeon master with like the hand wavings, like 
damn, they're just fucking you up. They're doing jutsus and mm-hmm. fucking murdering you. Yeah, absolutely. Like, hold still, <clears throat> stab, stab. Let me do this fucking fireball on your dick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> As one would imagine, demons do not typically get along with each other, and Merilis are no exception. Merilis serve as commanders and tactical experts for the Blood War, providing the stratagems t- to complement the malignant magnetism of the Balors. Uh, that being said, Meriliths have a great disdain for their Balor commanders. They believe that Balors are in charge only because of their sheer power and are otherwise unneeded uh, to conduct the blood war, which they have a point. But also, Balors are fucking scary powerful, and that power is needed to keep multiple hordes of demons in check and pointed in the same direction. Like, I'm going to say the only thing that can beat your intelligence is the overwhelming inability to defeat an enemy <laughs> yeah absolutely and like Merilis are great and they can uh like bring together a lot of demons and, and command them but like when it comes to full-blown multiple hordes like they don't have the sheer power to make all those demons obey a balor does those motherfuckers are scary yeah it seems like it's a good uh check to have in place to stop Merilis from like you know usurping and or like becoming their own thing because they could easily like take an army and like go gather some souls and worshipers and like start oh, yeah. becoming on their own uh, power. Yes, and some do. Um I think they just complement each other great. They they're the great duo. You need both of them. Um that being said, let's continue. Um Marilis have never acted on this belief of theirs for fear of that very power that Balors have. Mm-hmm. Um, Glabrazus are another particular demon Marilis have a disdain for. Um, they, I, I don't think we've really talked about them much on this yeah. show. They're like weird lobster devil demons. I don't know how else to describe them, their <laughs> physical look. Um, but they are all about like manipulation, lying, and temptation. Like they are on the front lines of like going to the mortal planes and offering deals and, and um, what's the word? Uh, tempting souls to the abyss. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they look so charismatic. They're big lobster. <laughs> yeah. They got, they got four arms to which are lobster arms. And then they are like oddly reptilian dragon bull looking. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know I, how else to put that. I'm built to scare you to look <laughs> vaguely humanoid so you can relate and also remind you of what you ate for dinner the other night. Exactly. So uh, Glabrazus and and Marilis don't get along. Uh, Marilis find Glabrazus obnoxious insistence on using temptation, manipulation, and scheming rather than outright warfare. Marilis normally have to settle for merely undermining their Glabrazus peers, as Balors have a tendency to favor their sinister schemes. Glabrazus are in the sewer, like with a fucking red balloon, like, "Hey, come down here, kids." Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, equal Pennywise. Got so it. that's that's all I have on Marilis. They're pretty straightforward. They're pretty freaking awesome. The stat block's very impressive, and we're gonna get into it. Did you have any questions before we do that? I'm looking at it. It is impressive. Uh, no. Let's get right into right. it. The Marilith is a large fiend demon, chaotic evil. <laughs> armor class is 18. Natty. That's pretty awesome. Natural armor. So this is what I'm looking at here is just their body. I mean, I don't think so. I. <laughs> I think they drew that in order to you know not be provocative. Ah, so they're naked. <laughs> I like uh, most demons are naked, so yes. Yeah, most mermaids don't actually wear seashell bras. That's trivial. Indeed. Uh, and that's what this is kind of reminding me of. So we got uh, HP of 189 or 18d10 plus 90. Uh, so almost as much as the Crystal Dragon from last episode. Yeah, like check out last 30, week's episode 30 off Crystal Dragons. Like yeah. Don't get too horny, though. Speed is 40 feet. <laughs> That's good. It could sl- it's slither speed. They don't yeah. say that. Yeah. It's like hover speed, but you yeah. are touching the ground. It doesn't say so walking. It's not hover speed. Yeah. <laughs> it's slither speed. 
Um, it implies walking, right? Because or running, I guess. Yeah. Trotting, strafing. Um, Ground movement. Yeah. What you do on the on this earth or the, your fantasy earth. We have a strength of eighteen or plus four. Dexterity of twenty plus five. Constitution is twenty. That's a plus five. Intelligence is an eighteen plus four. Wisdom is a 16 plus 3 and a charisma of 20 plus 5. I mean, goddamn, those are some stats, aren't Beef. they? Like the lowest thing they have there is a 16 to their wisdom, which is high. This is a crazy... It's a very powerful, It's like a level scary, 20 character. Like I said, like it doesn't have to be, but you could have a Merylith be the BBEG of your campaign easily. Sure, yeah. yeah. Two Meryliths. Yeah, working in tandem. Merylai. 12 arms. <laughs> what do we call a pack of Merylith? Oh, don't know. <laughs> Yeah, because they don't do that. It doesn't sound like. No. But, um, maybe we'll but call God, that would be scary. Call it a, if a, five of these entered the room, it's I'll just kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll, I'll save you the trouble. Fuck. More, two or more Merilith is a stabbing of Merilith. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they got that's 12 swords at least. <laughs> yeah, it's 12 swords at least. <laughs> All right. We got, a, we got saving throws. Strength is plus nine. Con is plus 10. Wisdom plus eight. And charisma plus 10. Those are huge. Damage resistance to cold, fire, lightning, bludge, pierce, and slashing from non-magical attacks. Pretty much all the standards and some. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. awesome. Lightning, too. That's freaking cool. Yeah, that's a common thing with demons is they resist the three major like offensive elements, which mm -hmm. is cold, fire, and lightning. Neat. So damage immunities are poison, uh, and condition immunities are poisoned. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you're poisoned, a poison creature has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks. I think you have to like. So I, oh, go ahead. Oh no, you you go. I was I was thinking about how we talk about poison being bullshit and and well not bullshit but it being lame in in five e. Basically, mean, once you get to a certain level, monsters are just completely unaffected by it. Right. Like as a player, it's absolutely not worth investing into. Uh, no. And I can understand why they made that decision. And I was thinking probably because I was playing a lot of Elden Ring. In Elden Ring, mm -hmm. <laughs> there is there is the poison status effect, and you can put into it as a player if you want to but it's not the best of the satisfaction that you can you can invest into but there is a another similar satisfaction that's much more potent called called scarlet rot and i was thinking about like Yuck. i know it's really disgusting actually um and it's worth investing into if you want to build that type of character because it's very powerful uh that being said there are a lot of legendary monsters in the game or even in mythology that are the thing they're legendary for is like their extremely potent poisonous bite or whatever. Yeah. And I think maybe D&D might benefit from having a secondary like almost like in Pokemon how there's uh, being poisoned and then there's toxic. There's being badly poisoned. Exactly. Poison plus. Poison plus. Po um, poison prime. It, maybe 5e would benefit from having like poisoned and then from having that higher level of like no this is some like crazy this is toxic on a spiritual level shit like this is like those are just called curses <laughs> well yeah something i'm thinking something along those lines but anyways poison for your soul i digress continue please no i i i completely agree with you there should be tiers of poisoning um up to a certain point i mean like when you say that it's not worth investing in as a player that's very campaign dependent but it's also yeah. like the majority of campaigns probably not going to be investing in poison yeah it, it, it's to the point where if you were a player who really wanted to invest into poison or and poison daggers and shit like that you'd have to have a talk with your dungeon master and be like hey i really want to do this but can you accommodate me a little bit and so as a dungeon master you'd be like okay i will probably strip away some of the poison immunities uh, uh you know the, in 80 percent of the goddamn catalog yeah, yeah or give you a like super poison yeah exactly 
some some toxic sludge. Because uh, if you're a rogue assassin, poisoning is one of your things, right? Um, it can be. So you could, if you're playing a city game, then sure, because those regular people. They're not going to be immune to the poison, usually. Not. Yeah, the, yeah. Like, the clever ones are going to have the antidote right there. Like, I saw you coming a mile away. Right. Uh, all right. So, where were we? We were at True Sight, which is a sense that this thing has for 120 feet. Very powerful. A monster with True Sight can out to a specific range, which in this case is 120 feet. See in normal and magical darkness. That magical darkness. You're not supposed to be able to do that. See invisible creatures and objects. Automatically detect visual illusions and succeed on saving throws against them. And perceive the original form of a shape change or a creature that is transformed by magic. That's so strong. Wow. Furthermore, the monster can see into the ethereal plane within the same range. That's fucking cool. So there's a ton of stuff that this is going to catch. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, wizard. I was going to say sorry, wizards. Or druid. But like, yeah, that's what I mean. I don't mean wizards of the coast. Uh, passive perception is 13. Not so great, but still good. Uh, languages is, uh, it can speak our abyssal and telepathy for 120 feet. So any language, pretty much. Challenge rating 16, 15,000 experience points. Uh, we have magic resistance. The Merolith has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Magic weapons. The Merolith's weapon attacks are magical. Is that because the weapons are magical themselves, or is the Merolith the root of that power? Because if you kill this thing, that's six magic swords. <laughs> I whatever is in this thing's I would booty. say it's probably a little bit of both. It's mostly the, the fact that the Merilith is just a powerful being, so anything it swings is just going to be that good. Get that. But, I mean, these six swords were forged in the abyss. Like, yeah, maybe they got a little stank on them. A little nasty stank. Yeah, maybe they do. Maybe maybe they have uh, some sort of, like, abyssal plus one or, like, getting slashed by one causes a curse. I don't know. This art has two, like, kind of scimitar swords mm -hmm. and then two swords with, like, a forked end almost. Yeah, yeah. Three swords with a forked end and yeah. then one, like, little short sword. Hey, she only had five good ones, so she was like, fuck it, I'll pick this one up too. <laughs> <laughs> They're all magical forged in the abyss. Okay, okay, okay. So we have magic weapons. It says magic weapons. But then it says the Merilith's weapons attacks are magical. So it doesn't matter what weapon it picks up. So, yeah, I, I would. Okay. So, reactive. The Merilith can take one reaction on every turn in a combat. Oh, shit. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. And and hold hold on. Let's let's back up to magic weapons because that basically says, yeah, they're magical. So, like, if if um, a party killed one of these in my campaign, um, each sword would just be, at the, at the bare minimum, they would just be all plus one swords. There would have so to be like, at least that, yeah. yeah. Maybe the two up top, like the main ones, are plus two swords. Sure. And then there's yeah. like tears from there. Yeah. Shitty little D6 sword isn't going to do much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it will, you know, that's D&D &D speak. If this hit me, I'd die. <laughs> um, <laughs> but reactive is an incredible feature. If you yeah, go wow. Way to tank. This thing can tank harder than most things mm -hmm. if you try to run away it's not going to allow that mm -mm. um i wonder if it's like a tail slam like flap could be run away That'd be yeah it could be i'd homebrew that in i don't think that's a thing uh multi-attack the merilith makes seven attacks <laughs> six with its long swords and one with its tail yeah there Huzzah. it is <laughs> i've done it uh long sword melee weapon attack plus nine to hit reach of five feet one target it's going to do 13 or 2d8 plus four Slashing damage. Can it you does six of those. Can you calculate her up again like yeah, last time? Yeah, sure. Cool. Let's do it. So it does six of the swords, right? Yeah. Okay. So that what was the average? 13. So that's 13 times six. So that's already 78 damage. 
Yeah, and then the tail, let's see, tail's actually long to read, a little paragraph here. Uh, melee weapon attack with plus nine to hit, reach of 10 feet. One creature uh, is gonna hit for 15 or 2d10 plus four bludge. If the target is medium or smaller, it is grappled, D escape DC 19. Until the grapple ends, the target is restrained. The Merilith can automatically hit the target with its tail, and the Merilith can't make tail attacks against other targets. So if you're grappled, a grappled creature's speed becomes zero, and it can't benefit from any bonus to its speed. The condition ends if the grappler is incapacitated, which is a different condition we didn't have to go read. The condition <laughs> also ends if an effect removes the grappled creature from the reach of the grappler or grappling effect, such as when the creature is hurled away by the Thunderwave spell. <laughs> Thunderwave me, bro! <laughs> I know. You Thunderwave yourself. Oh, that <laughs> would work, I yeah. think. Uh, restrained. A restrained creature's speed becomes zero. Duplicate. And it can't be benefit from any bonus to its speed. Attack rolls against a creature have advantage, and the creature's attack rolls have disadvantage. The creature has disadvantage on dexterity saving throws. See, I think um, having these separate is important, and players tend to forget. It's important, but it's also confusing. It is confusing, <laughs> yeah. Because um, being grappled implies that you would have some of these issues that restrained has. But you can have one without the other. You can. Um, so I went ahead and calculated. If if this Merilith hit a single target um, with all seven hits, they would average about 93 damage around, which is which is over double what the Crystal Dragon was averaging with its melee attacks. But we concluded that the legendary actions plus the rechargeable breath more than made up for it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and this thing is doing well over one attack per second. Oh, yeah, this thing is a flurry. Like, I would imagine, yeah, seeing this thing in live real action would just be just one of the most terrifying sights to behold. Like, yeah. I fuck, I rather, I almost rather deal with a dragon. <laughs> I know, because they're going to do this uh, magician's disappear, uh, what's that box they stab? Except that's, you're getting stabbed. Yeah, you're definitely getting stabbed. But that's what it looks like. It's all the cro swords crossed in between your body. Yeah. Good times. Uh, probably not, though. <laughs> teleport. The Merilith can magically teleport. Along with any equipment it's wearing or carrying, up including its bra, and up to 120 <laughs> feet to an unoccupied space it can see. That's weird that it said that about the bra. I know. It's odd. Um, so, yeah, I can do that. Fuck. Reactions. Parry. The platypus. The Merilith adds five to its AC against one melee attack that would hit it. To do so, the Merilith must see the attacker and be wielding a melee weapon. So remember that reaction it can take on every turn? It can yes. parry every single turn, adding, what What was it, five to its AC? Five to its AC. To its 18 AC. But just for that one turn, it's not going to stack five AC. No, 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 time, no. Right? But my point is like... Yes, every turn it can randomly have a 23 AC. Yes, so effectively this thing has a 23 AC. It's only going to basically, yeah, because yeah. there's no cost to activating this at all. Exactly, and so and every turn, if you if you roll and the totals are twenty two, it's going to parry if it can, if it's a melee attack, obviously. Yes, but right, um, saving throws are different, and like some yeah, and stipulations. yeah, and ranged attacks are different as well. Mm -hmm. so, so yeah, this is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, the Merilis, fucking awesome. It's one of my absolute favorite demons, and I don't care for demons as much as I like devils, and the Merilith is up there for me. It's except for really, Demon Gorgon. Except for Demon Gorgon. Shout, Shout out, out to, to Demon, Demon Gorgon. Gorgon. Let's take a short rest. Yeah. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. 
From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Bantwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Shout out to returned indeed we have that's right mother trucker we're back <laughs> deal with it are you ready to talk about our next demon of the episode if the if the listener is ready to sub out to patreon <laughs> just kidding we're going to do these episodes whether you subscribe to our patreon or not but if you do that's it helps true. a lot we buy a lot of equipment that we need yeah. often for the show as we came to the realization of uh once again last episode um things break like my chair indeed someone help me <laughs> So next up, we have the beefiest of demons, the Garistro. This is a high-level demon of the same power level, if not even a bit more powerful than the Merilith. On the downside, they be dumb. They be super dumb. They're very, very, very not smart. Um, spoiler alert for the Garistro at the end of these notes is a neg two int. Yeah, they got a negative two to that dump intelligence. Dump stat intelligence. Indeed. You need that on a shirt. It was a hard dump stat, too. Yeah. The Graystar resembles a fiendish minotaur towering more than 20 feet tall. They have broad lumbering frames that even amongst their smallest members weigh 1,400 pounds. 6,400 kilograms. <laughs> oh, man, I, to I totally blanked. I was like, that is so heavy. Is yeah, what I was it thinking. is very heavy. And then uh, I saw the thing. <laughs> their overall structure is somewhat bear-like, but their arms are long and wide like the trunks of trees. Because of this, they move on their knuckles like giant gorillas as they barrel forward. Great muscularity is clearly visible across their entire forms. Necessarily wide shoulders carry a massive head reminiscent of a leering bison with carnivorous teeth and giant horns that curve upwards. Their hands and feet are giant and splayed, yet still have humanoid or are humanoid in shape. It's a very apt description. That's oh, pretty you. much what I thought, but when I looked at it in the stat in the stat block, there it is. Before you said <laughs> it, yeah. A wide variety of color palettes exist among them, including dark brown, sickly green, and purplish gray. Tame garistro often have markings indicating their masters, whether they be collars, bands, tattoos, or horn carvings. For a second, I thought you meant like tame, like some of these 
dudes are chill and not like super mean and evil, but you just mean like enslaved. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do mean enslaved. Uh, these guys uh, are. How do I say this? They they fill an interesting slot in the hierarchy of demon kind. We're gonna really get into it because it's very unique. Um, while the maximum size of the building size behemoths is unknown, the largest reported Garistro is 200 feet tall. That's 61 meters. Yeah, but 200 fucking feet tall. That's that's most of a Supreme Screen from Nosberry Farm. Oh my god, I hate that ride. <laughs> uh, that's bigger than the Tarasque. Yes, that's, by a lot. That's four Tarasques tall. <laughs> <laughs> that's four. That's four Tarasques. How many Demogorgons tall is that? Demogorgon oh, is like four Demogorgons 15 tall. 15 feet too. tall or whatever. Oh, yeah. is he only 15? I thought he was 20 feet. He's. Uh, I thought he was. No, two and a half feet. doors. It's ten Demogorgons tall. That's a lot. His, Shout out to Demogorgon. Shout out to Demogorgon. His name is Bjorn Ganal. Oh, the um, two hundred foot one specifically. Yes, yes. Or sixty-one meters. He walks around the abyss with a small village of were spiders living on his back and shoulders. He's and that big. When they get too big and they fall off, they become adults. Much, yeah, much sure. like possums. Absolutely. <laughs> as one might predict, the Garishro originated as the creations of the demon lord of bro science himself. <sighs> Baphomet. Our bro, Baphomet. <laughs> Made within his tower of science, they are the Horned Lord's most legendary monsters. Their proliferation across the abyss is due to Baphomet allowing a group of Glabrazu to capture his favorite beast, knowing that their prevalence throughout the abyss would bring him fame and glory. Wow, man. It's been a long time I since know, he came up. I know. It's been a while. But he's nasty, back. Nasty, nasty, <laughs> nasty creature. He's so nasty. He's the worst. I love him, though. <laughs> Those who remain in his service stalk his endless maze, hungrily wandering throughout the halls, crushing enemy and ally alike. Because of this and their ties to minotaurs in general, Garistros possess preternatural cunning when navigating labyrinthine passages and shifting corridors, pursuing foes in a terrifying hunt. Do you think Baphomet showers? Um, What's more chaotic than not grooming? He showers, but he showers in the blood of his enemies. Okay, yeah. So it's Which not, he it's, keeps in large tanks in his Tower of Science. Yeah. <laughs> hit, hit that spigot, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Their immeasurable physical prowess is comparable only to that of the Balors, the strongest demons in existence that aren't demon lords. On our... The Balor, no, that's not our thumbnail. That's what's on our thumbnail these days. Um, no, that is a Balor. That is a Balor. Uh, yeah, okay. that's a Balor on our thumbnail. Nice. Yeah, but with none of the dangerous intellect of a Balor to match. When controlled by a demon lord, Garishos make formidable living siege engines, obliterating walls and buildings with ease and prized pets. A hulking Garistro sometimes bears a palanquin uh, carrying smaller demons on its broad shoulders, much like an elephant carries riders on its back. Yeah, neat. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Garistro are completely lacking in subtlety and without the supervision of a more intelligent being are prone to going on rampages in random directions. <laughs> if left this way, they have little in the way of goals outside of being predators, despite not actually needing food. They what? just like to eat. Oh man! Yeah. Well, you know, this thing is a scientific abomination. Like it, it, it is based off of like genetics from demons and animals. So it like has a lot of animal instincts, but its demonic nature means that it actually doesn't need those things. So most demons don't need to eat, or no demons need to eat ever. Uh, the ones that do, but the outside of the Garishro do so for the horror effect of it. Yeah, I eat for sport, like Attack yeah, on Titan. Yeah, exactly, exactly. While Garishros eat because, like, their animal brain part of themselves says, like, well, I hunt, I am animal. But mm -hmm. their demon part doesn't actually need the food. So, <laughs> oh, man. So it's, I guess it's spoilers for Attack on Titan a little bit that they, I guess they do eat for a reason. But, oh, um, interesting. Their guts get full and they just vom up. Ugh, yeah, disgusting. they can't digest. Uh, 
They consume for the simple but cruel fun that comes from eating living things and care not if something is technically edible. So long as an object is small enough to fit into its mouth and masticated, the guy show will not hesitate to eat it. There's big chunks of a kitchen table in here. What happened? <laughs> they really are amazingly unintelligent beings who only concern themselves with smashing and eating things. And uh, only the very rare object they find aesthetically appealing escapes their otherwise nonstop destruction. Due to their utter stupidity, this hoard of treasures can consist of objects ranging from precious gems to pretty pieces of trash. Wow. They just have no no ability to discern. They're just scooping up whatever looks, looks cool, nice. I guess. Yeah, yeah. A very unexpected and oddly positive attribute Garishra have, though, is that they are very, very trustworthy creatures. <laughs> <laughs> Even if they cannot always be relied upon, Garishra tend to complete their tasks to the best of their abilities. They blindly follow their commands with heavy fanaticism, uh, completing their duties unless told to do something else or upon death, although they might attempt to eat a significantly unimportant uh, lesser demon if no one is looking. They are big, chonky good boys. Yeah, but, they're big, chonky good boys. But they work for bad boys. But they work for very bad boys. Very bad boys. Grishro are also strange among demon kind in that they possess practically, practically no supernatural abilities that are usually associated with demons. Especially greater demons, which these would qualify as they're fucking powerful as fuck. What's their what's their challenge rating? Seventeen. Seventeen. Higher than a Merilith. Yeah. Um, they cannot communicate telepathically. Um, they have no spell like abilities, and they are incapable of summoning more demons to their aid, which is like a, things that like most other demons can do. Uh, I don't know if Ivy's actually changed the stat block because I leave that to you. But we'll get. Yeah, to we'll it. get to. Do the they have telepathy? Give uh, me a sneak peek. No. See. <laughs> <laughs> and one final very strange thing unique to Garistro and not other demons is their need to mate to proliferate. Garistro almost never breed naturally, but they are mated by their owners. Uh, Garistro take five years to reach maturity. Uh, centuries worth of selective breeding has only enhanced Garistro's already dangerous physique. So as the additions progress, everyone, we will get beefier and beefier stat blocks, Indeed. theoretically. Indeed. Um, it is at this point that I've begun to wonder... Are these guys actually demons? No, they're dogs. Yeah, yeah. They're abyss like, dogs. Like they are big, dumb, loyal beast guys. They have no abyssal magic and they have to breed to make more of their own kind. Mm -hmm. That demons don't have to do that. They seem to be outside the normal demonic hierarchical transformation ladder. Like one does not become a Garishro and then become something else. Like the Garishro exists outside of that. They are their own thing. Right. You have um, to breed them. And they were made in a cave with a box of scraps. <laughs> the goodest scraps. <laughs> I mean, that's literally were, all the things you d described that look like are what fused it together. Yeah, like yeah. A dog. They were made in the Tower of Science by a demon lord equivalent of Dr. Moreau. Like, are they really demons? Could it be possible that Garishos could be good guys if raised not in the abyss by demon lords breeding them for warfare? I don't know. But maybe. I think so. Yeah. I think. Bad dogs are made. Bad dogs are not born. Definitely. Yeah. Almost, almost 100% definitely. Yeah. Yes. So I, I think there could be good Garistos out there. And I would love to see one in a campaign. Good Ristos. Good Let's, Ristos. <laughs> um, all right. Garistos are huge fiends. Oh, no. We're not ready for that oh, yet. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, I, I know. I did, trailed there off. There is oh. a little finality I'm there. So sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. But I have more. Uh, in a bizarre play to out-science bro-science Baphomet himself... <laughs> Orcus, the demon prince of undead. Oh shit, Orcus too? Has experimented with the lifeless bodies of dead Garishro. <laughs> and he has gradually perfected them into his own personal creations. <sighs> I hate this word. The, the Jarez? The Jarez are Garistro with the lower half of a giant spider and that have no thought for anything outside of death and killing. <laughs> 
I just want people to know these things exist. Orcus made them, and he's diabolical. Orcus picked this thing up and ripped its legs off and slapped this thing onto the spider and <laughs> exactly. dumped it with soul juice yep, or something. That's exactly what he did. All right, tell me about the stat log, Brian. Just like charging it with this ruby rod until it actually wakes up. All right. No, he doesn't have the ruby rod. He has the uh, orc, the wand of Orcus. Oh, my bad. Ruby same, rod is same, same. Um, Asmo. Asmo, yeah. Asmo, yeah. Um, wand, yeah, pretty much the same shit. Uh, sorry, everyone. <laughs> it's all good, man. Somebody lost their fucking mind right now. Yeah, they, they super did. Uh, we got a huge fiend demon. Tell me about it. Chaotic evil. It says they're demons right here, Will. I know, yeah. but I don't know if I believe them. I don't believe you, wizards. You liars. <laughs> uh, armor class is 19. Natty. Hit points are 310 or 23 D12 plus 161. Speed is 40 feet. They fast. They fast as a Merilith. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's definitely a hoof speed. Hoof yeah. speed. Definitely hoof Strength speed. is 25. It's plus 7. Dex is 11. It's plus 0. Constitution is 25 plus 7. Intelligence. I don't know why I said strength and constitution with different inflections. They're the same number. Intelligence good. is a 6. <laughs> minus 2. We don't get a lot of that. No, we don't. <laughs> Not at this uh, power level, usually. Man, it's mostly rocks in that brain. There's a little <laughs> bit of brain in there, though. Wisdom is 13 plus 1. Charisma is 14 plus two because they're such good boys. <laughs> I will say this is the opposite of Marilith, which was super well-rounded. This guy, he, just, he does two things really well. Yep. So strong and he so enduring. two other things okay. Yeah, it's true. It, the wisdom and charisma are respectable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, saving throws plus 13 strength plus six dex. Oh, that's a good saving throw. Well, not good. It's okay. Yeah. Plus six dex for, as, for having zero dex. Uh, plus three to con and plus seven to wisdom. It's got a plus seven to perception. It is resistant to cold, fire, lightning, bludge, pierce, and slashing from non-magical attacks, much like the Merilith. Uh, damage immunity, poison, condition immunity, poison, dark vision, 120 feet, not true sight. And passive perception, 17. It speaks abyssal, which is good. Doesn't speak well. I know. No, it doesn't even have true sight like most demons of this level would have too. Right. It's yeah. scaled back to dark vision. Yeah. The, the common vision <laughs> challenge rating 17 or 18,000 experience points. We got the charge. If the Garistro moves at at least 15 feet straight toward a target and then hits them with a gore attack on the same turn, the target takes an extra 38 or 7 D10 piercing damage. If the target is a creature, it must succeed on a DC 21 strength saving throw or be pushed up to 20 feet away and knocked prone. When Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, when you're prone, a prone creature's only movement option is to crawl unless it stands up and thereby ends the condition, which takes half your movement, I believe. Mm, yeah, it does. Uh, half your walking speed. The creature has disadvantage on attack rolls. An attack roll against the creature has advantage if the attacker is within five feet of the creature. Otherwise, the attack roll has disadvantage. So, you know, very, uh, very bullish a very bullish ability here. I just thought yeah, the Minotaur thing. I just thought of a great D and D restaurant idea. The Garistro Bistro. I would go there. The Garistro Bistro, where we cut a. It's the restaurant in Bafomet's, like at the front of his lab. Mm-hmm. It's like the cafeteria. Yep, yep. They're slicing up like. Welcome big, to the Garistro Bistro. They have like big chunks of like prime rib looking stuff. And yeah. You're like, oh, I know what that is. Yeah, exactly. That's a good boy. <laughs> go ahead. It's about to be good tasting. <laughs> Labyrinthine recall. Is that how I say that? I heard you labyrinthine, say Labyrinthine. 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 La- Labyrinthine. Recall. The Garistro can perfectly recall any path it has traveled, much like a Minotaur. Yeah. 
uh, magic resistance. The gr- oh, and, and Bafama is a Minotaur based sort of guy. Huh? Yeah, he's he's the lord of of Minotaur. evil Minotaurs. Okay, so yeah. this is just a Minotaur. He's the horn, the horn demon lord. I'm saying Bafama on purpose. I know you are. Okay, magic. Just in case, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Uh, magic resistance. The Garistro has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Very so, cool. That is cool, and that's that is very demon like. And as a side note, I think our our Baphomet episode might be my favorite episode we ever did because I remember laughing so hard that shit is funny yeah uh the siege monster the that's why we love devils and demons so much is because they're always so fun they're so ridiculous i love it between them and horny dragons dragons (laughs) it's really fun the garistro deals double damage to objects and structures i feel like it should be triple damage but that's just me they don't do triple in D. there's no such thing as triple advantage no such thing as triple disadvantage i know i know we double stuff and then we leave it alone uh do whatever you want, though. Actions. Multi-attack. The Garistro makes three attacks, two with its fists and one with its hoof. Fist is a melee weapon attack of plus 13 to hit with a reach of 10 feet. One target. It's going to do 20 or 3d8 plus 7 bludge. I think that that's respectable. I think that there should definitely be a variant where you put a giant fucking hammer in this thing's hands. Like, it's smart enough to wield a hammer, and, you know, a baller, if a baller can have a giant fucking sword made for itself, it could probably put something in this scene's hands, too. Are you sure it's smart enough to wield a hammer? Yeah, ogres can wield hammers and clubs. Yeah, they can. You just give it to them. Uh, Yeah, I mean. (laughs) Anyways. Why not, Yeah, really? Uh, Hoof is a melee weapon attack with plus 13 to hit with reach of 5 feet on one target. It's going to do 23 or 3d10 plus 7 bludge. If the target is a creature, it must succeed on a DC 21 strength saving throw or be knocked prone. This thing is knocking people prone. Mm-hmm. Wow. What he does. The gore is a melee weapon attack with a plus 13 to hit with a reach of 10 feet. One target. Uh, it's going to do 45 or 70, 10 plus 7 piercing damage. That's a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. So it's multi-attack. It does all three. Uh, multi-attack says... Three attacks, two fists, one hoof. Okay, so it's a choice. The, the charge is the gore that it's gonna combo with the actual just gore attack. Okay, but it could just gore you if it felt like it. Yeah, or it can split its damage up if it wants. Right. It's you can't do multi attack and then do fist fist gore or a hoof. Like it, it says specifically that yeah. you're gonna get one hoof, uh, two fists. So the gore would be its own thing. Yep. Um. But yeah, that damn. So it. Punch, punch, kick, pretty yeah. much, is yeah. what its move says. Or gore. Or gore. That's cool. Uh, yeah. I feel like it should have a like Incredible Hulk from Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Like, Garistro smash. Yeah, yeah. Garistro smash. And it hit the ground and no. all the rocks like fly up. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, you could come up with something like that. Maybe and, for the uh, big one. Cool. For the biggest ones. Yeah, definitely for the huge ones. Yeah. Um, oh, man. That, you... that would be a cool stat block, a colossal Garistro. Ooh. Let's you can have that one too, wizards. Indeed, you're welcome. Uh, long rest time? Yeah. Long rest time. Just outside the studio, ranking members of the Cult of Demogorgon and founders of the Dungeon Cast fan club, Grimly and Gromly, conspire to send their demonic master pertinent information to aid and abet toward the victory of their true patron, Demogorgon, in the Blood War. Shout out to Demogorgon. Let's listen in. Ah, another choice episode. Yes, I covered two this one. I'm... Very formative. I love these ones. You know, maybe maybe Demogorgon wants us to learn about the demons. 
and recap it to him to make sure that we know what we're talking about because we should know. We should know the stuff. Yeah, maybe, maybe that, or maybe maybe he just wants a reminder to to deem who's who's still worthy. He's got a lot going on. He's got a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, who's still worthy? That's good. Let's talk about who's who's worthy right now. Are you ready to do the rune? I think so. Okay. He's Siri. Let's, let's do this timer for I one minute. Get, I always get nervous. Set a timer for one minute, Siri. You really gotta work in rooms. You gotta stop talking. Oh, sorry. Siri can't understand me. Okay, oh, it started! Oh, God. oh my God! Uh, these guys are huge. Merlins have lots the, of swords. Large horns. They'll eat anything. Tails Wait. Oh, we're starting with Merylis. I, I, I went with Garistros. Oh, you want to go with Garistros? Yeah. Okay, let's do well, it. I mean, they're straightforward. Uh, big, beefy boys. Loyal. Uh, you gotta know the difference between grapple and restrained. They get and, and really big. Uh, wait. Two hundred feet tall. I thought. Are we right, back? back. Do you do Merylis first? They have six arms. Let's see. Uh, it um, runs at you and it'll stab you in the stomach with its horns. They want you to appreciate their brains yeah. over their physique. Hold on, I think you went to Merylis. I did. They're smart. I love that bit about the bistro. Yeah. That sounds delicious. We should start a business, bro. We should kill. Garistro bistro. Maybe we can get some on loan. Yeah. Dark Lord, please. We need some Garistros. We <laughs> we'll make a We just need one. They could probably feed our patrons for a year. Cooking is my passion. <laughs> serving you, my Dark Lord. Please. One Garistro. Sorry, oh, I'm sorry. I was, I was choking on my uh, my saliva. I was uh, drooling over the Garistro. You Pichero. do slobber everywhere. I'm meaning to address that with you. You really need it. The hygiene's important. People give us funny looks when we go to the I have a glandular problem. Why are you bringing this up now? Oh, you need a napkin or something, damn it. It's all over your shirt. Look at you. Shout out to Demogorgon. Shout out to Demogorgon. Shout out to Demogorgon. Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the long rest. How long is it? <laughs> Depends on who you ask. <laughs> what's up will hey hey i don't have headphones on so everything sounds fresh and new it's uh, really strange i you, don't know what to say you know what else you didn't do you didn't pull up the checklist i didn't and i'm not going to okay sounds good. we're deep we're too deep we're we can't go deep. back oh no check this uh patreon.com slash the dungeon cast is where you can go to support us monetarily and we really appreciate it. i'm gonna buy a new chair soon it's gonna be because of the people on patreon so thank you everyone Exactly. <laughs> what he said. Uh, indeed. We have a like merch store. We have a merch store. Merch shop if slash you... store underscore yeah. dungeon crew. You can get your shirts, your hats, your beanies, your backpacks. You can get your jackets. You can get your sweatshirts. You can get your glasses. Not glasses that you wear, but glasses that you drink out of. Yeah. unless All with Dungeon Cast stuff. Unless all you over. drink really small amounts. That's true. We don't have those. That first I don't know if there's shot glasses on there. If there aren't, I'll try and make sure that happens. Ooh, that's cool. There's those jars. Are they back in stock yet? You know, I haven't checked, but I need one. Check for jars. Um, I, I don't know why I'm pretending I don't know the links. I have all that shit memorized because I fucking love when you guys go support the show. It's spreadshirt.com slash the dungeon cast. It's in the description as well. It sure is. And we do have a P.O. box, which I keep forgetting to mention, which we should add to the checklist. We if should. I had we the should. gall, to, absolute gall to pull it up. <laughs> but um, our P.O. box is uh, in the notes below. You can send us physical mail and we'll read it on the show. We did get a round of mail. I forgot to go to the P.O. box before this recording because Saturdays can be hard sometimes when your kid is sick. So um, it's it's tough to get to the, the post office for me sometimes, but I'll get there. <laughs> um, so thanks to anybody who sent anything. The mail's been super weird um, ever since you know COVID and all that. Um, so stuff 
takes variable amounts of time to get to us depending on where you send it from but we will get it eventually and we will talk about it on the show so thank you to everybody who has sent something and everybody who's thinking about sending something go for it do it don't be scared <laughs> um we got discord yes and if you go there you will find out all the secrets indeed you will mm. and there's some really great people running it so get to know them and talk some D D. Um, yeah, and we pop in there sometimes. We talk to peeps. Yes, we we specifically said, I believe, last episode that we don't have to do that, and we don't sometimes, but we do actually. We Other like times. to interact with the fans. Thank you, everyone who's listening. If you want to support us, uh, but you don't want to do, use money, I totally fucking get that. Money's cool. Um, you can keep it and just like leave us a review on iTunes or something. We love to read them. We get like a little report every week in our email that tells us. Uh, who came in with those shiny little five stars and uh, said something nice to us. So th- thank you guys so much. It, it helps the visibility of the show an extreme amount to have those reviews. And our podcast has over a thousand uh, five star reviews. So um, that's all thanks to you guys. We really, really appreciate that. Uh, keep them coming, though. If, you, if you've been a listener of the show for a long time and you haven't left a review, I encourage you to do so. I think it would be pretty awesome. Yeah, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, we do have a dedicated YouTube audience as well. Um, we appreciate you guys. And uh, hitting the like and subscribe is always helpful and leaving comments. Um, you know, there's people that comment on every episode and, uh, you know, that's hard to keep up. I, I get it. So there's some people that are like, oh, well, we haven't commented in a while, but we still watch. And we're like, we see you. We yeah, appreciate you. We do. We do. Especially if you made it to this part of the episode. Um, this is our jam. This is where we're chilling. Mm-hmm. We're resting right now. Indeed we're regaining we HP, having a campfire talk. Yep. Charging um, up them hit die. Twitter. <clears throat> we got it. Instagram, Instagram and TikTok. We also got we got, we got all the Soch. Find us on the Soch. Is that social media? Um, man, the checklist would make this way easier. It would. That's why I made it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I made it for you. Shit. <laughs> I, I, think we got, I think we got everything. I think we did. I think we can call it a game. Let's call it a game. <laughs> Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.